pray? I pray because it works. I should pray because God tells us we can and and we should. Um, and I should pray because I want to communicate with God. But my first thought was, because it works, I benefit. And every time it worked for me, that encouraged me to do it more. And so I think I pray because it works. But I pray because I love God so much and because I want to get to know Him. And I'm totally a people person. Hi, everybody. I'm Chrissy Bakke. I am the hippie Christian who cares. And I just, my true goal of doing a podcast is to share what I know about Jesus and not for you to come to the same conclusion with the exception of knowing who Jesus is. And so I just want to share Jesus and this beautiful God of mine with everyone so that you can meet him and come to know who God is and how amazing and almighty God is. And prayer is just my jam. I love I love praying every day to start my day right. I love praying in need. And I am talking about, dear God, where are my keys? Dear God, I'm losing my mind. Dear God, I can't control this situation. Dear God, thank you so much for this beautiful day. Dear God, thank you for everything. And I'm not the best at praying um, like before bedtime or at meals. I'm the worst at meals. And the really crazy part about that is I grew up in a family that prayed before we ate. In fact, when we ate dinner together, um, I was six of six in my family. And when we ate dinner together, we all held hands. It was a beautiful thing. And I wish I could do that more often. But I'm a terrible dinner prayer because I usually eat by myself. I'm married, um, but my husband and I have very different jobs and very different um, schedules. And so we don't eat together very often. And even when I eat by myself, I don't pray. But um, sometimes when I eat with my daughter and son-in-law and my three grandchildren, sometimes we will hold hands and pray. And then afterwards we sing that song. Amen. Amen. It's hilarious. And then everybody says, hallelujah. So I digress, but it all started because my mom taught me to pray and my mom, most beautiful human in the world. Um, and the two prayers I remember the learning first was Jesus tender shepherd, hear me bless this little lamb tonight. While I'm sleeping, please be near me. Keep me safe till morning light. And then come Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let this food to us be blessed. Um, some people say, let this gifts to us be blessed. That's super Lutheran, by the way. And then, of course, the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, if you are a church goer, and I know that is a crazy thing these days because first of all of the pandemic, second of all, church is just so messed up. I love church. So when I, 
when I cut down church, it's like when you cut down a family member or cut down your spouse, which doesn't, that doesn't even sound Christian at all, right? It's not. So, you know, kind of ignore that part. But you know, it is when you are criticizing, let's say constructively criticizing a family member, that's, that seems like it's okay. But if somebody else does it, you're like, uh uh-uh, uh, no way. Do not cut down my brother or my sister or my mom or dad. Um, well, that's kind of how I feel about church. I am frustrated at a lot of the man made rules, and I'm frustrated at the how rigid we are and how um, in the box we are. And I stay because I hope that I can convince us to do otherwise. Um, but I do love my church. I belong to um, a church in Janesville, Wisconsin called St. Mark Lutheran Church. Um, and it is, um, it's small, but there are some super beautiful, amazing humans. Our pastor is Pastor Brad Erlob, and he's on fire for Jesus. And I just love debating with him. I love, um, I love it when our thoughts intersect and um, we come to the same conclusion because at the end of the day, it is all about pointing people to a risen Lord Jesus Christ and a savior um, that we desperately need in this world. So the Lord's prayer is one that you're going to hear in church all the time. And if you go often enough, you will eventually memorize the Lord's Prayer, uh, which I think is super cool um, because it's the Lord's Prayer. Hello, the Lord's Prayer, meaning the prayer that belongs to Jesus who taught it to the disciples. Um, So if you go to church, you learn it in Sunday school, you learn it in confirmation. Um, But honestly, it wasn't until about three years ago when I really started to think about prayer like diligently, and I have always been a prayer, but about three years ago, I embarked on a journey to be a little bit more healthier. And I'm giggling because thank God it's a podcast and you can't see what I look like because I am not a picture of health, but I'm just trying to be. And at one point in time, I was way heavier than I am now. And I was creeping back up there. And um, it was right after my dad died. And you know how it's, you're sad. And you know, like a pan of brownies or Rice Krispie treats makes you feel better momentarily. But then pretty soon, mm, your jeans are so tight, and you don't feel so good. So my real point here is that um, I had a friend who was super healthy and just always makes good choices. So I was consulting with her a little bit. And um, I'm like, seriously, I'm super spiritually healthy, which that's like, sounds so egotistical. And it's completely not true. I'm a hot mess like everybody else. We're all broken humans. So please don't think that I'm like, ooh, I'm so righteous because I'm not. That's why I call myself a hippie Christian because I am so off the beaten path. But faith-wise, I'm solid. You cannot rock my faith in Jesus Christ because I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that Jesus is 
God. I know God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. And I've experienced them all and their presence in this world and beyond is amazing. So that's why I say I'm spiritually healthy. And so, um, she said, well, you could help me too. And I said, well, here's what I would do. I would challenge you to not necessarily start reading the Bible. Whoa, that is one crazy book. And it's very difficult to read on your own and understand on your own. Although I definitely would try it. I have tried it and it's awesome, but it's amazing when you can get further instruction and wide variety of instruction. Don't just pigeonhole yourself to one church's opinion. Look at all of the Christian churches. Like there is a thousand brands of churches. I bet you there's thousands of brands of churches. So don't just limit yourself to one church, but really open your eyes and find out what people think. It's okay for us to disagree on something. Ask God. That's the whole, that, that, that goes back to the whole prayer thing. So I said, pray for like two minutes, start to get to know God, ask, you know, I mean, and it's a free for all, you know, um, acknowledge that he is God, um, sort confess your sins, be grateful for things, um, certainly ask for things. When I say ask for things like, not like, hey, can I win the lottery or can I get a new car or blah, blah, blah. I mean, you can pr pray for that. Um, it, it, it goes into what we'll talk about God's will, but sometimes God's will for you is a new car because he knows that you are going to utilize that car for good and to prosper your life and potentially others. So there's all kinds of stuff there, but I'm just like, pray, 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 and get to know God and just do try two minutes a day and you'd be amazed at how it changes your world. Well, after I hung up with that phone call, I got to thinking that like, I just put a challenge out to a friend. I should probably take it myself. So the very next day, or I don't know, no, I'm assuming the next day, I'm just probably making that part up, but I decided that when I drove from Janesville to Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin, where I work, I would turn off the radio and just pray for two minutes. And I'd look at the clock on the car and make sure that I got in the full two minutes. Well, two minutes turned into 10 minutes, turned into 25 minutes, turned into like, okay, God, I got to wrap this up because I'm walking into work. And so it was insanely amazing. And I crack up because I get real dogmatic about my prayer. And I'll talk about that next week. Because by the way, I think this is going to be a little bit short series on prayer. So I'm starting with the Lord's Prayer. And as I did this um, diligent praying in the morning on the way to work, I started thinking about the Lord's Prayer. And I started, um, I, I had studied some prayer prior Um but I never really thought about the Lord's Prayer. And to tell you the truth, I didn't even really like the Lord's Prayer. Who says that? Oh my gosh, that's embarrassing, right? It's, it's not that I didn't like it. It just was like, I just felt like it was less like, blah, blah, blah. We say it all the time, whatever. So then I started to really think about it. And Lutherans um, are based off of, it, it's a brand of church that was um, started by Martin Luther. Um, 
and Martin Luther was angry at the church. The, I think it was Roman Catholic church. And uh, so there was, they were doing bad things. And let me just tell you, Catholics aren't bad. So that is not saying that, but it is the church of the time that Martin Luther was um, involved in that were doing some really bad things. And so he got angry and it was that righteous anger and he nails thesis on the door and basically broke away and started the Lutheran church. Really good stuff. But I also say to Lutherans, hello, Martin Luther questioned church. We should too. But that's a whole nother day. So in Lutheran confirmation, you learn Martin Luther's um, definition of the Lord's Prayer. And I will say that the Lutheran Church is built on the foundation of the Bible. So everything that Martin Luther studied was definitely in the Bible, and it is good, good thoughts. And so I'm not saying he's wrong in any way, any way, shape, or form. I think that's the term all of a sudden that sounded weird to me. But anyways, um, I'm not saying he's wrong, so please don't misunderstand that. If you need to learn about the Lord's Prayer, the Lutheran Catechism would be a great place to read what that's all about. But I also think there's more because I just don't think any brand of Christianity has it 100% right because we are human and we are not God. And so where there is that, um, that level of interpretation, where that, there is that doubt or uncertainty or questioning, um, there is God. And that is the Holy Spirit prompting us to talk about it and to discuss and agree and disagree um, in a Christian way. And so as, as I speak to all of you, if you are a Christian, we speak in the community of Christ to hash things out and continue to read the Bible and continue to study. Like, you know, you do a Bible study and it is so amazing because you might follow a study written by a, a man or a woman who has thoughts and has done some studying of their own. But as you study it, you might disagree with them and you might disagree within the group. But in that community, everybody knows Jesus. And so it's built on that foundation. If you are listening and you don't know Jesus, get to know Jesus. And in getting to know Jesus, God will put people in your life that will help you. And because you trust in human people, that starts to help you learn good stuff about God. But God gives you your own voice and God gives you your own opinion and God gives you your own like choices to make. And so become free will. And because of that, that gives us the opportunity to continue to learn and learn and learn. But at the end of the day, those who call on the name of Jesus Christ are saved. And that's exactly what it is. It is no harder than Jesus loves me. This I know. And so from there, you then make choices that build off of that. And so um, anyways, I completely digress. So 
the Lord's Prayer, um, I just, I, I, I wanted to start trying to pray it. Honestly, I didn't even do that much study at the time. I just prayed it slower. I just prayed it um, sort of sentence by sentence and sort of stopped and pondered while I was praying and then moved on. And I will share a little bit of that. But first, I um, want to point out that it is in the Bible. It's briefly in Luke, um, sort of a Cliff Notes version Luke gives you. And then in Matthew. And in Matthew, it sets the stage by talking about how to pray and, and what we should do when we pray and where we go and, and a little bit of why we should pray and the fact that, truth be told, God already knows what you need, but this is this is how we should pray. And then Jesus goes on to actually say the Lord's Prayer. And so when I decided to do this podcast on the Lord's Prayer, I decided to listen to a couple of other podcasts and, um, you know, just pay attention to some sermons and, and a, a wide variety of things. And so I thought it was interesting because um, it's called the Lord's Prayer. And for me, it's definitely named appropriately. I did listen to um, M. David Hancock. Um, he's a pastor and a spiritual leader and a fellow podcaster. I can say that because I actually have a podcast now. This is my first episode. So my fellow podcaster feels pretty good to say that kind of cracks me up a little bit. Um, but he suggested that it be called the disciples prayer. And hilariously enough, you know, things that are very important to you or to your core beliefs when you hear something and it rubs you the wrong way, because that definitely did. I get what he meant, though. He was suggesting that in Luke, the disciples make a comment like, um, teach us to pray like John the Baptist taught his disciples. And so as Jewish men, they would learn um, the Torah and scripture and they would follow a rabbi or a teacher. And if you are a Christian, you've often heard that Jesus is called rabbi or rabboni. Um, and that is teacher. And so this gentleman suggested that the prayer be called the disciples prayer because they were asking for the prayer and they wanted their teacher to teach them this prayer. And so they, they wanted to, they might, they may have been looking at it differently than we do that Jesus is our savior teaching us to pray this they might have been looking at it like their Jewish teacher teaching them to pray this. I don't know. I thought that was a little bit loosey-goosey, but it still was interesting. Um, and he had a ton of other points here that really point to um, the Jewish culture and um, Jewish learnings. And so um, there's a prayer, there's a Jewish prayer called the Amidah, and I don't know very much about it. But in this podcast, which, by the way, um, let me go back and tell you the gentleman's name is M. David Hancock. Um, and I believe his podcast is called, darn it, um, I think it's called The Stuff You Didn't 
see in the Bible. The Stuff You Missed in the Bible podcast. I was just looking at my notes. So, um, yeah, listen to it because it is really cool because he talks about the Amidah has like certain points and how the Lord's Prayer matches some of those points. So in a way, it would be very recognizable, which I think is amazing because Jesus and God do so many things that would be um, recognizable at the time and recognizable thousands of years later. Um, the Reverend Dr. Dean Patelko, he's a reverend and a doctor. How cool is that? Because he's a um, counselor. And anyways, I was in a Bible study with him and he talked about the Bible being the here and now and the, the then and there and the here and now. So the then and there is, and I'm bringing this one up because it makes so much sense and it's just an, an easy visual. The then and there is when there were criminals, they crucified them. The here and now is we don't crucify people on a cross anymore. So if you read the Bible and you're like taking it super literally about crucifying people, that sounds like barbaric and crazy. But if you look at it at a historical um, point of view, it makes sense. And it made sense to the people there. And now it makes sense in terms of, you know, executing a criminal. And so I think that is why God is so like genius. I mean, perfect and genius. And this author that if, if you are a writer or an author, like, you know, about foreshadowing and you know about all these different styles of teaching that, you know, at the beginning of the story and then at the end of the story, it comes around and it ties together. Like God created all of that. And so, um, so the whole idea is it's relevant then, and then it's still relevant today. So it definitely helps to know history. Um, so three years ago, I challenged myself to really ponder the Lord's Prayer. And in so doing, it just made me love it so much more. And, and the fact that Jesus taught us it made me feel like when I do pray that, I am covering everything I need to cover because Jesus said, this is what we need. So um, sometimes I get really goofy um, in, in terms of now when I pray it at church, I'm like, ah, slow down, everybody. But I um, am, th that's a lot of stuff to tell you just to now tell you how I go through the Lord's Prayer. And this is how I do it. I would recommend that you try it and you do it. Um, anytime we stop and study and ponder what we're saying to God, um, it, I think it makes the relationship that much more better. Um, it strengthens it. And that makes sense even when we're talking to our spouse or our children or anybody. I definitely pray the, um, you know, the old version, I'll say probably because it's the version I was taught. So it's so memorize wise, it's just there. So thy kingdom come and thy all that kind of stuff. And 
but you know, if you translate it into um, common English, it, it still is going to come out the same. So I start with our father. Obviously, you're praying to God. And I think I, I love the part about our father, because while Jesus talks about going into a room and praying and not having anybody around, he also knows that this will be a community prayer. And um, I can't remember which podcast that I listened to that talked about that. And it might have been um, the stuff you didn't see in the Bible. Um, it might have been that one, but it also might have been a Catholic prayer um, or a Catholic priest that I listened to. But I like the idea that, yeah, he said, pray it by yourself. But then he says, our father, knowing that we would pray it together. So it's both personal and community. And I think that the idea that God came down to earth in the form of a human, what better way for us to understand than a connection of family? So son of man and son of God is Jesus Christ. And so, of course, Jesus re would refer to God and would teach us how to worship God. And he is God, which I know that's crazy and weird, but he would show us what to do. So you know how that is when your, your, your leader um, practices what they preach or they, um, they do what they say they're going to do, um, and they lead by example. That's what I was really looking for. Well, welcome to Jesus. And so our father, and we connect, and maybe you have a really cruddy relationship with your dad. I mean, no dad is perfect. I had a really, really great dad. I did. Um, but honestly, if I start <clears throat> if I start pointing out the things that weren't so great about him and listing those, somebody would actually be like, wow, your dad was a jerk. And it would sound awful if I just listed all of his bad points. But when I take all the good and with the bad, he ended up being a really great dad. So my real point is no dad is perfect. And some dads are the worst, but God is good and God is perfect. And God's heavenly father over us is a perfect relationship. So I start off with our father, recognizing that God is God and I am not, and he is almighty. Um, who art in heaven? Here's the next, here's the part where I just ponder, like, this is where God lives. Like God is in heaven and heaven is real. And I get laughing because it makes me think of John Lennon's Imagine. Great song. Seriously do love it. It's awesome. But I always really didn't like the Imagine There's No Heaven. I don't want to imagine that because I want to know that my God lives in heaven. And P.S. Jesus says it's there. So it is. So I can maybe live without and no hell because that's scary. But I definitely want to know that heaven exists. And I know that's not really what John Lennon meant. So I'm not ripping on him. So all John Lennon and Beatle fans, please don't like email me and tell me I'm stupid because I love the Beatles a lot. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means holy. So sometimes, and I, I get really weird about this, so sometimes I will say, hallowed be thy name, 
And then I'll be like, holy is your name. Because I just, holy is the word that resonates with me. And, and holy belongs to God. And I crack up because I say holy smokes a lot. I shouldn't because holy is so reverent. And Jewish people, Jewish men especially, would ponder God to the point that they wouldn't use the name God because it was so holy that they didn't feel like, they felt like if they said it, they would just absolutely die. So that's where Yahweh came into existence. It was a word for God to say. And I think God is so big that like, if you do start listing all the names for God and the names for Jesus and the names for the Holy spirit, like it's fast. Um, but they're all holy. And so we want to understand the reverence there. Next is thy kingdom come. This is the one I need to master, which I never will, but this is the one that I don't know if anybody has right. Like, so my brain instantly goes to thy kingdom come. God created earth, right? God created the world and nature and people and animals and plants and science and everything. So that is thy kingdom come. I also think it is Jesus, Jesus Christ coming as a human and God to earth. Like that is thy kingdom come, right? And then Jesus dies on the cross and raises from the dead and ascends to heaven and says, I will come back. Thy kingdom come. So when we pray that, are we praying like, hey, come back today, Jesus, which would kind of be cool, but also it kind of freaks us out because we're so comfortable in our world that maybe, maybe we really don't want so maybe we are so comfortable in our world that the thought of praying that would scare us. There was another podcast with, uh, I think it was the Catholic priest that said, are you ready to pray the Lord's Prayer? Like, this is a dangerous prayer. You better be ready. I thought that was excellent. I think also thy kingdom come is asking for the Holy Spirit, asking for that part of God to be with us, to bring your kingdom to us personally, to live in us, your kingdom come in our hearts and in our minds. And then, um, of course, you know, your kingdom come, Jesus coming back. Freaky, but awesome. So next is thy will be done. And boy, that's a loaded ask. I know that God's way is better than mine, but you know, there's that part of you that wants to kind of see it, to believe it. You want to, you want some assurance from him. Um, God's way is always best. God answers yes, no, and wait. Um, so when you're praying, thy will be done, that, I shouldn't say when you are, when I am praying, thy will be done, I then start thinking about things at, in my home life, things in my work life, things with my friends, things with my church, things with my hobbies, um, anything about others that thy will be done. When you pray for somebody who's sick and you pray thy will be done, um, 
the answer is they might not be healed. The answer is sometimes they will die and go to heaven, but thy will be done is God is saying it is their time. It's their house is ready and I, and I will come to get them. And so it, we have to pray that with a lot of faith. And, and for me to relinquish control of lots of things is next to impossible. So I really have to ponder thy will be done. And, and, and that's where I often wrestle with God um, is asking him for his will and not mine. And then struggling not to struggling to relinquish my will on earth as it is in heaven. Um, this part, I don't know, also just makes me look because often I'm driving. So it makes me look at the things of earth that God created intentionally. I look at the magnificence of trees and the sky and clouds and the sun. And, you know, if there's a rocky hill, we don't have mountains in Wisconsin, so I can't look at a mountain or an ocean. But if I'm around those, those are things that I'd be like, wow, on earth. And then I think of thy will be done on earth here where I live, as it is in heaven, like to, to, to help earth be a little bit more heavenly ponder that like that is amazing i'm giggling because i hope you can't hear me drink water but if you can that's what makes us human right we all drink water hopefully you're drinking enough water it's good for you hydration is important but we so we want earth to be a little bit heavenly right and i like I like pondering what God has created and what man has created, because let's be honest, man can't create it without God. And so everything is God's. And so for his will to be done on this earth that really belongs to him anyways, is a good thing to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And I instantly think, what am I having for lunch? I crack up because I can't tell you how many times I get distracted in pondering the Lord's prayer and in stopping. And sometimes I get this far and I'm doing really great. Sometimes I've already gone off the beaten path and I have to come back to it more on that topic in a minute. But, um, it, but seriously, instantly I'm like, mm, what's for lunch today? And thank you for delicious food and help me eat healthy and help me stick within my Weight Watchers points. And it just cracks me up and let me enjoy food. But it really covers all provisions, all needs. Um, give us this day our daily bread. Give us the money that we need to live. Give us the shelter that we need. Give us the water and the, the nutrition. Give, give us the everything that we need in this world to survive. And sometimes, too, that's spiritual nourishment, too. Um, give us this day thy daily bread. And bread is a big deal in the Bible and um, in communion. 
It is the body of Christ that was shed for us, like literally shed for us, like sacrificed for us. So give us this day thy daily bread. Oh, that's that's like some big deal stuff. Um, and so we need to pray that. And forgive us our trespasses. Arg, I hate this part. Ugh. I am sinful and I am a horrible person and I'm a hypocrite and I don't mean to be and I don't want to be. I just am broken. And so I always want forgiveness but I don't always want to admit what I have done. I don't always want to confess it out loud. I don't always want to face it. I just want to say, I'm sorry I did anything wrong. And it's like when, you know, any parent says, well, what are you sorry for? Well, can we not talk about that? And can we just move on is really where we're at on that. And I get I get like a three-year-old saying, like, I'm just sorry, you know, because um, you don't, it makes you feel bad to confess it, but it is good for us too. And so we need to say, forgive us our trespasses um, and be so grateful for the grace that God gives us. So grateful that you then are willing to extend it to others which is the very next thing, as we forgive those who trespassed against us. When I ponder this, sometimes it's obvious that I feel trespassed against. <laughs> and other times, I can't think of anything that I'm harboring resentment for. Except if you drug something up, I'm sure I would, I don't even think that's a word, but anyways, yeah, if you drag up the past, ooh, I'm sure I'd get all resentful again and mad about something or that there is somebody out there that whatever, and then it goes back to forgive, you know, forgive us our trespasses, like forgive me, but it's important to forgive somebody else. And there's moments where it's difficult to, so you really have to say, God, today I'm struggling with this and I'm, and I'm asking for the help to forgive somebody else. Forgiveness, that could be a whole nother series. <sighs> so from forgiving those who trespass against us, it goes right to, and lead us not to temptation. Oh, that one is a good one. Because it's not like God's going to lead you into temptation. So it's not like you have to say, oh God, don't lead me there. But it's, it's saying, hey, I am tempted. So God, if I follow you, I know that I will not be led into temptation. So lead me not into temptation, meaning lead me so I will follow you and not follow the path of temptation. Again, straight up Chrissy's version, take it for what it's worth, but it's prevent me from being tempted. Help me um, in temptation's presence because um, there's so many temptations out there. Um, and I need help every day, help from being tempted into the same sin over and over and over and helping me ponder it or pondering it helps me recognize it and prepares me to combat it through God. And next is, but deliver us from evil. 
And in some versions, it's even the evil one. Evil is equal Satan. And I personally am the type of person that hates horror movies and anything that has any kind of evil aspect when there's just a human that is doing absolute wrong and ugliness and unkindness and evil. It just, I, I don't want to, I don't want to watch that. You know, I, it scares me and I just want to be delivered from that. Um, and so um, what I think's interesting too is that it says but deliver us from evil and usually but negates what you just said before which is lead me not into temptation and maybe the but is for the that God isn't going to deliver us to temptation more importantly deliver us from the evil one and he does through Jesus Christ and so right here right now we have been delivered and that is phenomenal. But we sort of need that, again, the but word, not negating what Jesus has done, but in our humanness, knowing that the world is full of evil stuff because the devil doesn't, the devil wants to prevent all of us from knowing Christ, which means separating from a relationship with him so he's going to still try to destroy us, even though he hasn't destroyed Jesus. And when we are in relationship with Jesus, we can't be destroyed either. And so deliver us from evil, pretty powerful and pretty crazy. And that's where it stops in the Bible. And Jesus then goes on to say that, you know, if, if I forgive, if my father forgives, us, then we should forgive others. And he talks a little bit more about that. And then, but we know it at, especially if you're Lutheran or Protestant, if you're Catholic, I think you say some other stuff and then you finish, but it says for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So the rest is combined with some other scripture that comes from revelation. Thank you, pastor Brad for, um, sharing that it is scriptural. Um, so for thine is the kingdom. It is God's and recognizing that that kingdom that's coming is God's. Everything is God's. The power. It isn't human power. It's divine power. It is God's power and the glory. It is not something we can boast about or be prideful about. The glory goes to God. God. God created everything. And when we destroyed it, he then came up with a plan to restore it. And he carried that plan out. And he will continue to carry that out from the moment we are born till the moment we die and go to heaven and live eternally. And so um, we can't claim anything without him. And that is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Like that is the true happily ever after that we are looking for. So um, I, I giggle because it's really hard to pray this without um, 
just going off the beaten path and all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, there's a really cool car um, or there's an interest, there's a ton of turkeys on the side of the road or, oh my gosh, what do I have to do when I get to work? Oh my gosh, I just thought of something. I should call that person. And I just get so distracted, which made me sort of understand where Catholics um, are assigned like several Our Fathers, because that'll give you many times to ponder the Lord's Prayer. I kind of thought that was um, excellent. Repetition makes me think, um, and it makes you really ponder what those words are. Um, sometimes I add some personal sentences in there, you know, um, when I'm praying, thy will be done, and I might add the things that I need God's will in. Um, I love to continue to ponder it because I because the Holy Spirit gives me new insights all the time. And I, I want to know more and I want to know how others um, perceive it and, and pray it. And I want um, to continue to study it as well. So let's keep talking about prayer. Um, next week, I am going to talk about Psalm 51. It is a prayer that I use often, and I will share that with you. And then we'll, um, I think I'll do like just um, four weeks of prayer. But I wanted to start off with the Lord's Prayer because clearly it is the prayer and the only prayer if you pray um, that we must pray because Jesus told us to do it. And I am all about loving God and loving others. See you next time. I am the hippie Christian who cares.